0: Hello, this is Keeping Score podcast presented by Nate Heinz. And yours truly, Ryan Haravi. We will talk just about everything sports going from this summer's World Cup, MLB, NHL,
1: NFL, college football, and basketball, and many other important events in the sports world.
0: Today's episode will be World Cup preview with everything you need from each team competing this summer. So I don't know about you, Ryan, but I am very excited for the World Cup this summer, getting to watch every single game.
1: We will be bringing you analysis from all these games that we will be watching also as on Tuesdays and Saturdays there will be a podcast of Keeping Score expected to be on whatever platform you're listening to this on.
0: So let's start off with group A with the hosts. Um, Definitely a very favorable draw. So in the group there's Russia, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and Uruguay. Uh,
1: You want to get us started with your Russia analysis?
0: Yeah, so Russia, you know they they're a very old team. Uh, they'll they'll definitely get some advantages as the host country. Russia really lacked the talent. I think Russia has one game changer
1: in their midfield and Alan Zhagov. but I think he dictates how Russia's pace goes and he dictates how Russia runs their attack. And without him, I don't think Russia will go anywhere without him being in form and looking to set up his teammates during this world cup run
0: well i don't think russia is going to go anywhere either way um so why don't you talk to us about saudi arabia
1: well this is a team that i think will finish bottom of the group honestly i don't see anything redeeming about saudi except for that all their players play in the same league essentially 16 of their 23 players are from the saudi league And I honestly don't see any way that this team goes anywhere in this World Cup.
0: Yeah, I agree. They'll have trouble scoring goals. I think the only thing Saudi has going for them, like you said, is that team chemistry that they'll have from playing together in the Saudi League. Um, So moving on to Egypt, uh, I think the biggest storyline involving Egypt was the Mohamed Salah injury that occurred during the Champions League. But I think Mohamed Salah's health will dictate who finishes second in this group
1: speaking of health how about Mohamed Elneny who picked up a knock in Arsenal's pre- last few Premier League games yeah
0: so Mohamed Salah is a much more uh, prolific player than Mohamed Elneny but Elneny is really important to hold the fort in the back for Egypt and help them dictate the ball in the midfield and help them keep possession and I think he'll be a key player um, for Egypt against Russia in that match
1: and I also think one more player that slept on for Egypt is their center back, Hagazi. I think he'll be really important on set pieces, as he was for West Brom scoring. I think a couple this year on set pieces for a team that really struggled to score goals. He was actually a goal-scoring presence, ironically, at center back, and he'll be looking for a move out of the championship if he plays well this summer. Oh,
0: most definitely. And last but not least, you want to talk to us about Uruguay?
1: Oh, well, this is the most complete team in this group. And I look at Uruguay and I see names like Suarez, Cavani, Godin, Jose Maria Jimenez, Muslera. And then you see the midfield and you see young players. And one player I'd like to point out in this midfield who I think is going to have a great World Cup and potentially force a move to a top four Serie A side is uh, Lucas Torreira. He has really been bossing the midfield just for Sampdoria and being their best all-around tackler holding mid passing he's been the best player for Sampdoria in my opinion this season and I think he'll prove to the world stage what Lucas Torreira truly is as a player and I think that Uruguay will finish first in this group quite easily I think they'll go nine points in this group easily
0: obviously Uruguay have aspirations far beyond just the group stage and their midfield will be a huge factor in that because you know what you're going to get from Suarez and Cavani. You know what you're going to get from Godín. Uruguay, if they're going to make a deep run in this World Cup, their mid... I'm looking at this group, and I'm looking at the key game being
1: Egypt versus Russia. And this is so because these are realistic that the two teams fighting for second. And this game, in my opinion, all depends on if Salah's ready to go and fit. If not, I think actually Russia advances. But this prediction, I, I honestly think Salah will be rearing to go for the World Cup as this is the World Cup and he is the captain of Egypt. I think he will be ready to perform. And I think Egypt will finish second to Uruguay. And I think Russia will come in third. Last will be the South. I
0: think Uruguay gets the top spot in the group. Egypt finishes second, Russia third, Saudi in fourth. All right, so moving on to Group B now. Here in this group, we have Portugal, Spain, Morocco, and Iran.
1: And personally,
0: my World Cup favorites
1: are coming out of this group. And you guys will may think I am picking Spain to win the World Cup, but actually I am picking Ronaldo and the Portuguese to win the World Cup. And I'll list off my reasons. Firstly, I think William Carvalho will be the most important player on this Portuguese team, really being the linchpin, holding the midfield and the defense together, as he did in the Euros. I think their backline is experienced, battle-tested, and ready for a World Cup. It's not Ronaldo anymore, as we saw in the Euros. This is a well-built unit under um, under Coach Santos, and I firmly believe that this Portuguese team is its golden generation and its best team since, we've seen since Eusebio.
0: Portugal have a very solid squad. I don't quite see them as World Cup favorites, but... They definitely have the chance to go and make a deep World Cup run, Um, but I I don't even see them as the top team in this group. To to me personally, Spain is the best team, and they have a very good mix of youth and experience on this squad, and they'll be looking to conquer the past of 2014, where they failed to qualify for... Even
1: 2016 with the Euros. Yeah,
0: I mean, their last two competitions, they have not performed up to their expectations finally we're going to see David De Gea between the, between the sticks for Spain and he's arguably the best goalkeeper in the world. To me, their biggest problem is their lack of a uh, true goal scorer and this could be a problem later on. I don't think it'll be a problem in the group stage. Um, thirdly, our third team in this group is Morocco and
1: they're really led by their uh, talismanic talismatic center-attacking mid, Hakim Zayic, who I believe will be their most important player in this tournament as Morocco really are led by two players in my opinion Medhi Benatia at the back and Ziyech going forward and whatever success Morocco has will depend on how these two perform because they they are the most influential players in that team leading them and playing wise yeah
0: one. i agree and the, the only way Morocco is going to do anything in this group is to keep it 0-0 for as long as possible and try and get that counter-attack goal later on in the second half and keep this a scoreless game for as long as possible.
1: And don't be surprised if Morocco stuns Spain and gets a, um, a a crammy 1-1 draw.
0: More likely to get your Portuguese than Spain.
1: <laughs> My Portuguese love those 1-1 draws.
0: Yeah, that's what got them through in the Euro, but they 1-1 draws, won't get third place won't get you through in the World Cup group stage like it did in the Euro.
1: But the Eurogroup didn't have Morocco and Iran.
0: Uh, Their Eurogroup had Hungary and Iceland arguably worse than Morocco and Iran. Are you
1: dissing the team that beat the English?
0: I'm not dissing Iceland. I am dissing Hungary and I am dissing Portugal most importantly. But anyways, regardless um, the last team in the group we want to talk about is Iran. My home country, Iran! And I personally think Iran is a lot more suited to beat a Spain or a Portugal. Uh, Not saying it's going to happen, but they at the back line are very solid and they will look they'll play a very similar And sti- look
1: at their very talented striker Asmun. He has been dominant in the Russian league for a few years now and he's basically Iran's only goal scoring threat.
0: Yeah and Iran bring I mean we all remember in twenty fourteen when Iran nearly shocked Argentina but Messi had a moment of brilliance at the end of that game. You know, I think Iran have a a much better attack this time, and we'll see what happens. So I think the most important player to me in this group is David De Gea for Spain, because I think he will be able to thwart Portugal's attack um, in that game, which is arguably the most important game in this group stage, because, let's face it, Iran and Morocco don't have a realistic shot of... uh, upending either Portugal or uh, Spain and I think Spain will top out the group and I think Portugal will finish second with Iran in third and Morocco in fourth now on to group
1: C which is uh, headed by a title favorite in France and then the Australians the Peruvians and Denmark round out this group and I see this as a very interesting group and I'd like to get started with the favorites in this group France who I believe very much so could make a very deep run in this World Cup tournament but it all depends on how their strikers play and how and what midfield Deschamps runs out as he's been very erratic with what midfield he runs out sometimes it's Pogba sometimes it's Matuidi he's he's known to change the midfield up and I want to see them play a consistent 11 the best 11 and essentially just play their style of football and not look to do what they did in the Euros, which was choke. I want to see an experienced France side, a side that's grown from that Euros. What about you, Nate?
0: Yeah, so I think France obviously has a lot of talent, a lot of youth players that have come up recently in these past few years, Mbappe. For them to make a deep run in the World Cup, it's that um, men- it's that mental strength that they're going to need to get past.
1: And I think you have to look at Paul Pogba for, for that mental strength because realistically, Paul Pogba is going to be this team's metronome in the midfield if Deschamps decides to play him, which I don't know with Deschamps anymore, because of his erraticness he's shown time and time again.
0: Yeah. And moving on, so Aust- the rest of this group really, to me, is wide open. Australia, people don't really give them a shot. I think they have they have more experience than Peru and Denmark, even though they might not be as talented. So the Australians have a lot of talent, led by Mile Yedinac, Tim Cahill, of course, remember that screamer of a goal against Netherlands in the World Cup. Who <laughs> could forget that yeah. wonderful header? Don't overlook Australia, but the really, the two teams that'll be looking for a realistic shot at second place will be Peru and Denmark.
1: And Peru just got their captain back a few days ago, Paulo Guerrero's suspension was overturned, and I find it interesting that all the group captains for Denmark, Australia, and France all got together. And petitioned the letter to FIFA to um, reverse Paulo Guerrero's ban.
0: This is Peru's first World Cup in a while, a uh, long time. Yeah, and so you don't you don't want your best player, your captain, you know, your the the player you need to see on the field. Um, you don't want to see him not play. So I think it was very good, uh, good storyline to see him come back. And last but not least, Denmark. So I feel Denmark have. More talent than Peru to me uh, And
1: Denmark may very well have the best player in their group In Christian Eriksen
0: Yeah, and Christi- I mean Christian Eriksen is so much talent And to me Denmark is so versatile Because they're a very large team They will try and beat you up uh, Outplay you physically But then they also have the just technical ability Of Christian Eriksen Which can be a complete game changer don't to th-
1: me You don't think the betner injury affects him any?
0: Uh, Jorgensen is more important up front than betner
1: But everyone loves that Lord up
0: top. Uh, I, I truly think that Jorgensen would have started either way.
1: Okay, fair enough.
0: The most important match in this group will definitely be Peru and Denmark, and that's the first one. And the winner of this game, if there is one, will have a huge advantage to finish second and get through in this group.
1: And frankly for me, I think the Peruvians will pull through, even though South American teams tend to struggle in European World Cups. I think this Peruvian team is built physically, it's mature, it's seasoned, even though they don't have World Cup experience. These are all players who have been battle-tested, and I think this team will find a way as they've overcome adversity. Look at the South American gauntlet they had to run through to get to the World Cup.
0: South American, their brand of style, their soccer is definitely not as good as the Europeans, and that's why I see Denmark... Getting there in second place ahead of Peru with Australia, France topping the group, Australia down at the bottom. but don't be don't be shocked if you see some close games between Aust- with Australia involved because they're no slouch. So in arguably the group of death in the World Cup, in Group T, we've got Argentina, Iceland, Croatia, and Nigeria. And off the tongue, it might not sound like the group of death, but Argentina have been so inconsistent as of late and they barely qualified for this World Cup. And I just don't know if I can trust them yet.
1: I actually don't think this is a group of death. I think this should be more called a group of openness, as every team in this group realistically has a shot to get through. I don't think this is death group. This is more everyone has hope instead of everyone has death, if you well, understand what I mean.
0: That's what a group of death is though. Everyone there a group of death is when there are so many it is so even killed that no one has a rollover game like you're playing South Korea. Or North Korea, or some easy match. There is no easy match in this group. Fair enough. Uh, let's just just get started with the teams. Uh, what do you think
1: of Argentina in um, their play play wise? Like their lineup, they're gonna run out. And... So,
0: like I said, um, they, I mean, they're very injured. So Funas Mori and Rojo in the back won't be seen on the squad because they're injured, and Argentina have some major concerns in the back line, and. Obviously, Lionel Messi leads the front with Aguero uh, and Di Maria Higuain. Not all of them will play at once, but they'll all see action.
1: You know who I'd really like to see um, head coach Jorge Sampali give some action to is uh, Paulo Dybala. I'd like to see him play more than he's played for Argentina, simply because he plays the two same positions that Messi does. But I think a player of his caliber and talent should be on the pitch at all times.
0: Yeah, I can completely agree, but it'll be Argentina haven't figured out how to play with Messi yet, and I'm not sure they will during this World Cup. Um, only time will tell.
1: And let's not forget about Argentina's other concern, which is their midfield. I, I don't see a game changer in that midfield. An aging Javier Mascherano is probably going li- to line up that midfield. And it's going to be followed with Pastores and Biglias, which I don't see as a workman like midfield.
0: And I think their midfield and backline are major question marks heading into this World Cup. And Iceland in this group are another, they, they were the Cinderella story of the 2016 Euro. And they'll be in their first World Cup in their country's history, and I think it'll be very exciting to watch them play.
1: And I'm excited more so to see their fans. The Viking clap after each game really endeared a lot of people, and I'm excited to see their fans, basically half their country, be in Russia.
0: I agree, and you know, this team plays together... And I think they could definitely pull off some shocking results in this World Cup.
1: Watch out for Gilfri Sigurdsson. He may have not played well for Everton this year, but he always turns it up for his national team.
0: And next in this group, Croatia. You want to talk about maybe the best midfield in this World Cup?
1: Well, for me, they're actually one of two of one of one two midfields that I really like in this World Cup. And my partner here, Nate Hines, is shaking his head. Uh, to me... Croatia is a solid team built around Luka Modric and Ivan Perisic. And for me, they are the favorites in this group. I don't like Argentina as a whole unit, but I do like this Croatian team. Mostly because the midfield is so well built with the likes of Rakitic, Kovacic, and Modric. And up front, you've got Kramaric, who just scored today, the winner. And he was looking really good in these friendlies. And Parasic, who scored a ratty free kick today. But you could always trust Parasic when he puts on the Croatian shirt. And the likes of Mandzukic, who's always winning headers. And Let's move on to um, a sleeper African team in Nigeria.
0: Yeah, so Nigeria, definitely a dark horse candidate. They have a very good all-around team, a really good attack. But they do have some major question marks in goal, as Victor Aniyama is retired from international play. And they don't have a solid goalkeeper. And you need a top goal, maybe not a top goalkeeper, but a goalkeeper that's playing well um, heading into the World Cup. And Nigeria don't have that.
1: Uh, also, with Nigeria, I'd like to see how Ian Nacho holds up after a terrible season for Leicester, after moving from City, where he seemed to bag a goal every time he stepped on the pitch. But when he played for Leicester, he just didn't seem like he had it. How do you think Ian Nacho performs at this World Cup?
0: I think Iannato performs well against some shaky back lines in Argentina and Croatia. Uh, I think he'll struggle against the physicality of Iceland, but cro- uh, his speed will prove himself worthy against Argentina and Croatia.
1: And speed is a key theme of this team. As you look throughout the team, there's the likes of Ahmed Musa, Victor Moses. Iannato has stated previously, this is a very fast team built to play a fast style of football, counterattacking. And it all relies on their linchpin, John obi Mikkel, the captain, I believe. Is he still the captain of yes, Nigeria? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Uh, I, I believe that Nigeria goes as far as their belief goes.
0: Yes, but in this group, you know, in, we've been saying the most important game in each group. But to me, every game in this group is important because it's, like we said before, it's so wide open. And we really don't know exactly what's going to happen i think any team could finish in any spot but to me and this will come as a shocker i think argentina don't advance out of this group i think croatia win it i think iceland squeak out in second argentina will just finish in third and nigeria in fourth but any of to me this order could completely switch up in any way
1: and i think this is the first group we'll completely disagree on except for the first place i think croatia finishes in first as you've stated but i think here's the shocker nigeria finished in second i like the surprise and i like the story of the african team
0: even with the poor goalkeeping
1: i i i don't think it will that's true i
0: mean you don't really care about goalkeeping
1: no that's not the thing i don't think it will matter in this group because you look at the other teams and you look shaky backline shaky backline and then iceland it's like they squeak out 2-1 results, and I just see Nigeria as a fun team and a attacking team that will get through based on their counter-attacking style.
0: They'll be fun to watch, but I think they'll see a lot of 3-2 losses in this World Cup.
1: And I love their jerseys. That's another reason.
0: That's all the time we have for Group D.
1: So uh, let's go into Group E, which has Brazil, Switzerland, Serbia and Costa Rica in this group and I'd like to get your thoughts on this Brazil team which you don't seem to like from what I've talked with you off the podcast
0: yeah so I I just don't like the South American brand of soccer to be honest um and I think Brazil they have a lot of talent they're a strong team and they will they'll will make a run in the world cup don't get me wrong I just don't think they are will get as far uh, as people expect i think they'll lose in, in the quarterfinals
1: see brazil's bracket lines up very friendly with the strongest team the realistic come against in the quarterfinals being a belgium which i think is even less mentally tough than this brazil team which i believe has learned from their demons from that 7-1 defeat and i look at neymar to lead the line for Brazil, this prove to people why he is a top three
0: or four player in the world. I mean, only time will tell. But you know, in this group, Brazil won't. Ha- they'll have some challenges, but they won't. I don't think they'll have enough challenges to th- keep them from finishing in first.
1: I think this is an easy nine points for
0: Brazil. Looking at the docket, I think seven. But moving on to Switzerland. So Switzerland are a very uh- Interesting. Interesting team, yeah. They took Argentina uh, last World Cup into extra time, and it took a... Free kick. Moment of brilliance from Di Maria.
1: Was there a free kick?
0: No. Di Maria dribbled the back line... Oh, yeah. ...and hit one back post. It, they're, they're a very solid team. They're I know you're not very fond of them. You just think they're very mediocre, but I, I really like what this Swiss team brings, and I wouldn't be surprised if they earned a draw against Brazil.
1: Uh... I don't think the Swiss team goes anywhere in this group. Their best player is on a team that just got relegated. The main reason I say that is I think their best player Shakiri is a very inconsistent player, which is. I don't think
0: Shakiri is their best player. Their best player is outside back Stefan Lichtensteiner, who's a very or uh, left back Ricardo Rodriguez. Both very, very versatile and can get up. Oh, I love, and, I
1: love those two fullbacks. Yeah. But I think that this team runs how Shakiri runs, and I don't know how Shakiri will run. I just don't.
0: If they. I agree. If they run it through Shakiri, they'll struggle. But if they play as a whole team, I think they can do really well. So and I, they'll. I think they'll be a very interesting team to watch this World Cup.
1: Uh, that I could agree with, and I think that the player that I'd like to see improve is Mbola, who's really struggled with Schalke.
0: Yeah, and I mean this is his first World Cup, so we'll see how he does. But and um.
1: Now let's move on to the Costa Ricans, who were last World Cup's Cinderella story, a penalty shootout away from knocking off the Netherlands. If it wasn't for the interesting Tim Cruel substitute,
0: yeah, but uh, we won't be seeing him this summer. <laughs> so, uh, Costa Rica, you know, they bring a lot of. They, they're very yeah they they're very similar to Peru. You know, they play together. They're a very hardworking um, Central American. They're team. They're economic. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. Um, and they they're a very tough out and they got one of the best goalkeepers in this World Cup World Cup and I think they'll be a very tough team to beat. And then you're you know what I'm just gonna give you Serbia because I know you're fond of them, but well, I I'll just leave my negative comments to the side.
1: Well, here's uh the team that I'm very high on in this group. I look at their midfield and I see milinkovic savic who has had a dominant season at Lazio, really Carrying that team at times, and then Matish who has been phenomenal after transferring from Chelsea, and Tadić, who you look at in these last four or five Premier League, I'm games. just
0: sitting back here smiling.
1: Look at look at these last four or five Premier League games, and you've seen a real star from Tadić, as he has been the Saints' moving force and staying up. Frankly,
0: I just can't wait till I prove you wrong in this one.
1: And then you look at an underrated player in their midfield is Benfica's Fesha, who I really like as a holding-type midfielder off the bench to settle a game, which I, I look at the Serbian team and I just think they have options all around. You look at Ivanovic, a leader at the back, now playing center back.
0: Ivanovic has been terrible for the last three seasons.
1: To the contrary, for Zenit, he's actually been really good and on form for the past few years at center back after moving from Chelsea.
0: It's an old Eastern European team that will get two red cards during the group stage. <laughs>
1: why are you saying? are you saying all Eastern Europeans are uh, aggressive? I'm
0: saying Serbians are very aggressive.
1: Fair enough. But I look at this team and I think it's a team that will squeak out two ones, two nils, and one nils on their way to second place in this group behind the Brazilians.
0: well, I would I really disagree with you here. and I think, Brazil will top out the group, but I think Switzerland will finish in second, barely over Costa Rica on goal differential. And I think the Serbians will finish in the last with zero or one point in this group. All right, so moving on to Group F, um, headlined by the reigning World Cup champions, Germany, with Mexico, Sweden, and South Korea. So I'm going to start off with Germany. I think Germany are the best all-around team in this World Cup. Manuel Neuer is just coming back from injury, and I think he will go and have a solid World Cup. Wait, and wait,
1: wait. wait! Here's a hot take. Ter Stegen should have been a net for the Germans this year.
0: Absolutely not. Manuel Neuer has been this team's leader for the past 10 or so years, and he is a phenomenal goalkeeper. And all Germany just is full of phenomenal goalkeepers, but Nobody in my mind is better than Manuel Neuer. All right, let's
1: get off the goalkeepers and let's talk about the controversial decision to uh, leave Leroy
0: Sané at home. So, should have brought Leroy Sané, but I don't think it will make as big of an impact as some people like you think because Germany are built as a machine and Leroy Sané is not part of a machine. He's He's on his own world. See, this is what I think.
1: A player like Leroy Sané, when you're losing a game 2-1 in the 70th Germany
0: minute, will never be trailing in a game in this entire World Cup.
1: That's a hot take right there by itself. But let's say Germany's 2-1 in the 70th minute. What They don't have a dribbler off their bench. They realistically don't have that guy. You look at Royce, he's realistically going to be starting for this team. And they don't have... A game-changing pace, dribble complexion guy like Asane on the bench. And
0: I don't believe that you need someone like that off the bench. I think and especially for Germany, I think you need that solid defensive midfielder that's gonna come in, win tackles, be strong. I don't think they need that change of pace forward. And if and if they bring someone in, it'll be Mario Gomez, who German or Joachim Lowe really trusts. And is proven to get goals for Germany at the top level.
1: Let's move on to the Mexicans, who have been perennial underachievers at World Cups, and Mexican fans have been shouting "No era penal" since 2014.
0: Yeah, and um, to me, Arjen Robben uh, deserved to get that penalty kick. I don't think he flopped. I think he embellished, but I don't think he flopped. He was still fouled fouled on that play. And there goes our Mexican audience. Exactly, but you know, the I I don't I'm not a fan of this Mexican team. They've had Coaching changes. I know they're it's a bit more stable now. Juan Carlos Azario is heading the but this this team, I don't see him getting out of the group. There's just not enough for them to get past Sweden, who I think is a much superior opponent than Mexico.
1: I am to the contrary of my partner here. I think the Mexicans are more battle ready as they have been to these situations more than the Swedes. When was the last time the Swedes made the World Cup? Was it 06?
0: I, I believe it was in 2006. But I also think that Sweden has played well since Ibrahimovic has retired from Sweet, uh, from international play. That's
1: very true. But I also think this Mexico team has another gear to show that we have yet to see with the likes of Herving Lozano who had really liked to step up at this World Cup and show why people are talking about him moving to the likes of Manchester United. So I've seen him link Liverpool's, and really show us that he is the player that made out to be. And I'd also like to see Chicharito show something that he didn't show at West Ham.
0: And I, I think most importantly, I think the Sweden-Mexico matchup will be a very, very important one to watch. And it's the most important matchup in the group because it'll decide second place in the group.
1: And I think that that game will end in a 1-1 draw and we'll see whoever beats the Koreans by more will go through in this World Cup.
0: Yeah, the Koreans don't really have I mean they they were just happy to make it. They don't have too much to offer here. Except I mean for Son. Yeah, Hyung-min Son's a great player, but if they were drawn into a more favorable, favorable group like group A with Russia, I think they would have have they would have a much more realistic shot than going up against the like of Germany, Mexico and Sweden.
1: And I would agree with you and I think Overall, Germany are going to top out this group, as everyone has. But this is where we'll disagree. I'm taking the Mexicans, who I think are more ready for this moment. And I'm going with the Swedes in third, who I think will play negative style of football during this tournament. Which will be park the bus, like they've been doing. They did a job on Italy that way. It it helps win games but I don't see them winning in this group
0: if it helps win games then it's going to help them beat Mexico and they will finish in second
1: I think Mexico are a more talented team and that's why I have the Mexicans in second the Swedes in third but don't count out the Swedes I think Emil Emil Forsberg could give them a mad a moment of magic that will see them through but other than that I don't see many creative options on the Swedish team And then finally, rounding out the group is the Koreans. For sure. All right, moving on to Group G, which I think is a very top-heavy group. You look at the English and the Belgium as the two most likely teams to go through, and I think if you're a betting man, you definitely pick those two. I don't think Tunisia or Panama, frankly, stand a chance unless, let's say, Tunisia get a nil-nil against England. But now let's move on to the teams.
0: Well, I think, I mean... I think this group is even more lopsided than the Group B with Spain and Portugal because Panama and Tunisia just don't possess the... Quality. Just even the defensive ability to keep a game at nil-nil like Iran and Morocco do.
1: Um, Let's, as I was trying to say before, let's move on to each team and give a key player from each team. For me, for Belgium, you're going to have to look at Eden Hazard who's on the international stage when it's mattered. He hasn't shown up. In the Euros, he showed up in two group stage games and then faded against Wales. And I'd like to see Eden Hazard put together a consistent World Cup and really show why he is a top 8-ish player in the world, according to many analysts. And I'd also like to see, um, in general, just this mental toughness of this Belgian team improve.
0: Yeah, and I really like this Belgian squad. I think they have a lot to offer, but... Uh, moving on to Panama. Panama probably won't last very long in this tournament, but look, this is their first World Cup ever, and look for their um, striker Gabriel striker, Torres. Yeah, Gabriel Torres to have a good tournament.
1: Let's move on to the Tunisians. Who? This is a team that I don't see going anywhere in this group. I think that their defense is their strength. But I don't think it's strong enough. I look at Abdenor, who has played for Valencia this year and has been... Has he been on Valencia this year? I believe he
0: has. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, Marseille. Oh, in yeah. France. He moved in to France. he moved to
1: Marseille. Yeah. My bad. Um, So, I just don't see it with this team. I think they could sneak a nil-nil against England because England always has that one game in the group where you're like, what the hell are you doing, England? And I think this could be the game for them where they sneak a nil-nil tunisia fans clap a little and then come back to the reality that oh we're gonna go out in the group stage
0: yeah and you know they're just excited to make this stage and whatever happens here is what happens and they're just glad to be here but moving on to england england are the king of all chokers uh, when it comes to the big stage and i think you know they, they will continue to choke um this team is not can they don't can they they don't show up on a consistent basis. One game Harry Kane will score three goals and they'll be fantastic. The next
1: game he's hitting corners behind the
0: net. Exactly like Wayne Rooney. Oh, that was so funny <laughs> against Italy, right? Yeah. Oh, that was so funny. Um, but th- I mean England definitely will get out of this group, but I don't see them going much further than that.
1: And I look at England, and other than Harry Kane, I'm looking at Raheem Sterling, who Gareth Southgate employs in the center attacking mid roll instead of his classic wing roll to really show out at this tournament. He's been linked to Real Madrid of all places this summer. And here's my uh, partner Nate Hayes just doing it again. Yeah, because... I'm
0: not a fan of Raheem Sterling, you know. I I I feel like he's a lazy player to me and I I just I have I've never I, I wasn't a fan of him at Liverpool. I wasn't a fan of him at Man City. Maybe that comes as me being a Man United fan, but I've just I've always felt like Raheem Sterling has not been a top class player. Like sometimes he's labeled.
1: And to the contrary, this English squad has some top class players. You look at Kyle Walker at right back and maybe center back. Gareth Southgate has employed him there a little bit. I think he could be a quality player. And then you look at the goalkeeping battle, which I oh, think is going to be. Let me.
0: I mean, as a goalkeeper, I'm going to be playing Division One um, soccer at Fordham University next year. Um, and I'm a goalkeeper. Um, so if I if I may, please let me talk about this uh, goalkeeping situation here. So Jack Butland of Stoke City and uh, Jordan Pickford of Everton.
1: You're forgetting my favorite. Okay, Nick- Joe Hart's not going to No, have, Nick, oh, Nick Pope.
0: Pope. I, I, I'd make a case for Nick Pope. But um, it realistically, it's going to be between Pickford and Butland. And Jack Butland, I feel, just brings so much more quality. I think he's better at distributing the ball sending England out on a counter-attack, picking off crosses. I think he's just a much more quality goalkeeper and a more experienced goalkeeper than Jordan Pickford, who I could feel having a Robert Green 2010 World Cup moment. And I think that rounds it off for each
1: team, and the key game for me in this group is honestly going to be Belgium and England. Just Seating-wise, it's going to be important for whichever team finishes in Yeah, first. I mean, you
0: want, to, you want to win your group. You want to play well. You want to show well. It'll give your team more confidence. And I believe they play each other last, right? It's um, Yeah, they play yeah. each other last. So it'll be a good um, builder heading into the round of 16. But both of these teams should have six points and should already be into the next round when they face each other.
1: And what are your predictions for this group?
0: I have Belgium as you finishing in first, England in second, and then... It's a toss-up between... Yeah, I mean, whoever...
1: Whoever gets the better goal difference, yeah, honestly. They're both going to finish on zero yeah,
0: points. B- between Panama. I mean, some of them has to get a point. They play each other.
1: Oh, oh yeah, you're right. My they'll bad. Probably,
0: they'll probably finish on one point. 0, zero draw. Yeah, that's... Or 1-1. One, one, that's but,
1: what I have on my ESPN predictor.
0: Yeah, We'll see. So, moving on to Group H, and very similar to Group D, a toss-up group. We got Poland, we got Senegal, Colombia, who are all quality sides, mm-hmm. and then... Japan, to round off this group. And it was
1: a very solid side, may I add, also.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I, I'd be surprised if Japan went through, but I wouldn't be completely shocked. Um, but I'll start off with Poland, who I, I know you're not very fond of, but I, I really like this Polish side. They are old, but they have experience. They're, they're, they're very good at winning games. They got world-class forward in Robert Lewandowski, so Poland have a very solid goalkeeper in Lukas Fabianski, Jakublaszkowski, uh, Kowiek in the midfield. Piszczak, um a very solid side who have ex- not maybe not World Cup experience, but Euro experience and high leverage club game uh, club experience.
1: Uh, you're uh, you're you're looking at those players, but the player I'd like to take a look at for this Polish team is Zielinski, Zielins- yeah. Zielinski. he has been really good for Napoli ever since moving from I recall Sam Atalanta. He has been really good at controlling games at such a young age for that Napoli side, which has been really good in Europe and in in league. I honestly think Zielinski is looking to establish himself on the world stage, and this will be his World Cup in this group. I think he may well be named player of the group, similar to James Rodriguez at the 2014 World Cup. I think this could be the breakout guy you're looking for.
0: I agree, and you know, another team in this group that has that breakout player is Senegal and Sadio Mane. Senegal is very similar to Nigeria. They got a lot of speed. They're going to look to beat you on the counterattack. And they have a very good uh, Rock player. Rock at the back. Yeah, Koulibaly. Koulibaly. Koulibaly, sorry. Not not very good at those pronunciations, but Kulabali. Koulibaly? Koulibaly. Koulibaly. And Senegal um, have a lot of speed, and I think they're going to be a major threat in this group and beyond.
1: My sleeper player for Senegal actually is, I don't think you could consider him a sleeper, but it's Balde Keita. He is, had a if he's seasoned for Monaco, really not establishing himself as what we expected coming from that big transfer from Lazio, but I think this could be his World Cup similarly to Zielinski. I think he could be another breakout player at this tournament, looking to play second Philomane and running, off, running through those channels and really frustrating defenses with this mixture of pace, strength, and dribbling.
0: No, I completely agree. And another quality team and with another quality star player in this group is Colombia with James Rodriguez like you'd mentioned before, who had a breakout year in 2014. I feel like Colombia's squad is not as good as it was in 2014 in that World Cup.
1: I think it's aged.
0: Yeah, for sure. I agree. It's it's aged. Uh, Backline has a lot of questions. I'm, I've never been a fan of David Ospina in goal. But Attacking wise, uh, with Radamel Falcao and James Rodriguez, they'll be looking to score a lot of goals.
1: And don't forget about Juan Cuadrado coming off that right wing. He's going to be fun to watch, as he was in the 2014 World Cup. I believe he was near the top in assists in that World Cup. And then you look at the back line, which you say there's question marks about. And I look at two center backs, in Yeri Mina and uh, Murillo, And I see two solid center backs from Valencia and recently transferred Mina to Barcelona who could show why Barcelona paid the money they did to bring him to the Camp Nou and I think this Colombian side is solid, it's gritty, and it has the flair needed in James Rodriguez to win a group like this.
0: And it's wide open and it'll be fun to watch and don't forget about Japan who have the definition of World Cup experience. They're always here. They're always in it. Um they've performed well before they haven't performed i, I think uh, 2010 they lost in penalties to pa- paraguay
1: paraguay yeah
0: paraguay in the round of 16
1: no paraguay got to the quarters that year yeah so they yeah, lost yeah, yeah, they yeah, lost yeah, to
0: paraguay yeah. in the round of 16 yeah they right, lost in penalties
1: yeah and then paraguay lost to spain
0: yeah i ah, yes you're right i remember that and okay. so they they always they're always here uh, they didn't make it out of their group last year. Uh, they had a tough group. I think Ivacos was in there in Greece. But Kisuke Honda has been a very consistent player for them throughout um, these last few World Cups. Shinji Kagawa, Shinji Okazaki. And they have just s-
1: solid economic players all around. Similar
0: to Costa Rica.
1: Yeah, but I think they're a peg below Costa Rica. In- I-, I agree, I agree. And overall, my key game in this group is practically any game that involves the likes of Senegal, Colombia, and um, Poland going up against each other. I think any game involving those three is going to be extremely crucial to to any of those three teams' World Cup campaigns. And for me, the best team out of those three teams is Senegal, which is crazy. I know I have two African teams going through. Wow. And then um, I think second come the Colombians because just that 2014, they've been there, they've done that, and Hotmes Rodriguez has a chip on his shoulder One to prove 2014 wasn't a fluke and that he still is the player he was in that World Cup. And I think Falcao is excited to finally get his World Cup ups after being hurt for 2014.
0: And, you know, I think you've picked every South American side to go through and I think I've picked every European side to go through over that South American side. And that trend will continue here. You know, I think we both agree with Senegal. I think Senegal top out the group. They're a fun team to watch. But I think Poland squeak out second place on goal differential off something. This, This group is going to be decided by a 90 plus fourth minute goal by inches. This group will be decided by inches and Japan, I, I see Japan finishing last but I wouldn't be surprised if they can upset one of these teams and maybe just find themselves in the uh, round of 16 so that's it for our group analysis and we will continue to give you game by game analysis um, for the World Cup as hopefully you are uh, hopefully you're as excited as we are for the World Cup this summer and we will also be giving you um, a prediction when the round of 16 stage is set going forward but we'll also give you some predictions right now for what we see happening in the end. For me, I think Germany wins this World Cup
1: Uh, I've already stated who I think it's the Portuguese, I think Ronaldo cements his legacy as one of the top players in the history of this game, he gets that World Cup in his hands and raises it for the Portuguese who have been haunted by past nightmares in the World Cup, I think this is their year
0: And to me, nothing beats that machine that Germany run. Joachim Lowe is a fantastic coach, and I I truly believe that as hard as it is to repeat winning World Cups, I think Germany has the squad to do it this year. And I see Thomas Müller headlining that as top goal scorer in the World Cup.
1: Neymar will win the Golden
0: Boot. Well, he's Brazilians, man.
1: Uh, he finally beats his demons from that disgusting back breaking challenge that Christian Juniga put on. Was it Christian Juniga or was it Paulo Amaro? One of the two. Juniga. Juniga put on him. And I think. Clean tackle, by the way. He leads his country far. And I think he proves to us, as I've stated before, that he is the player he's built out and, to be.
0: And I think Neymar gets shut down by the uh, center back duo of Toby Aldevereld and. Uh, Jan Vertongen or whatever, Roberto Martinez decides to play in the back line. I think Belgium will upset them in the quarterfinals. Anyways, I'm sure looking forward to watching it, talking about it. And I just know we're going to have a great time. Uh, thank you for listening. It's It's been a pleasure uh, doing our first episode here today.
1: I'd like to say thank you if you even give a listen to this. And much love if you've stayed throughout this whole hour long process and I look forward to improving on this podcast as this keep in mind this is our first one if you stay you'll get to see our journey from beginner podcasters to really good podcasters and I think that's part of why fans from the beginning love the the under the they love the come up which is what we're trying to do we're trying to come up and I'd love to see you guys be there with us for this come up and lastly, I'd like to say this is Ryan Haravi signing off, and go Portugal.
0: And I would just like to add one more thing. I think uh, leave some comments, leave some feedback. I know This is our first one. Like Ryan said, we're not perfect. So it would be really useful if we could get some feedback on what we can improve on, what we did well, uh, what we did poorly. And this is Nate Hines signing off. Thank you.